Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. Good morning. How you guys doing? So let's pray real quick. Father, thank you for being here. Thank you for loving us, and thank you for just giving us opportunity to worship you and and, and to um, just fellowship. And so, Holy Spirit, speak through me this morning uh, in your mighty name. Amen. Hey, it's so great. Thank you, Adam, and and is Sarah, and my God, I'm thinking, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I was close. I knew I heard Sarah. Yeah. Thank you guys for, for your service, and thank you for being here with us. It's not, not easy being a missionary, but yet they've answered the call, and they've answered the call to serve, serve God, and you can tell, man, they, they do it with all their heart. And so um, thank you guys for what you do, and so, so we appreciate all that you do and, and the sacrifice you guys made to serve God with all your heart. And so we're, we're always trying to get, like, like two-thirds of God's name is go, <laughs> right? And sometimes one of the hardest things is to get our butts up off of a chair, right? And so as believers, because, like, we get so comfortable that we don't want to get, get out and we don't want to do something for God. And so we don't have to go to Papua New Guinea or we don't have to go to Korea or to Africa but we can still serve God here, but we can also help serve God by continuing to support people who are called to go there. And so, so I really want to, um, I'm so thankful for this church because this church has a heart to give and a heart for missions. And so I, I love you guys for that. And, uh, and I'm sure it, it trickles down and everybody that it affects is all over the place. So don't ever take it lightly what you're doing because it's making a difference. And so... Um, I know as a missionary, as a NAM missionary here in the States, it's real important to depend on that support and to be consistent is probably one of the biggest compliments I can ever hear of a church here. So thank you guys for that. And um, thank you guys again for all you do. So um, I was praying and on my way driving here and I was thinking about a lot. And then I got behind this hybrid Kia or whatever. <laughs> And like, like I'm running late already, you know, and, and they're in the fast lane. Like, right? So like here I'm focusing on God. I got to go to church. I'm going to get my attention on God and I'm going to church and woo, I'm the pastor and I'm holy and righteous and we're going to just talk about Jesus. And I'm behind this hybrid. Like, why have a hybrid anyway? Why not just have, like either go all the way. It's kind of like being lukewarm. Either you're saved or you ain't. You know? So, so it just don't make sense to me anyway. So here I am, I'm following it, and so I have to go around it in the middle lane, right? And so I go around it in the middle lane, and, I, and then, then I get in front of them. I was like, I'll show you. Like, you leave a big gap like that, and I got in front of them. And so I'm talking to this car. Like, maybe I should have been talking to God. <laughs> but I found myself so distracted by this hybrid car that I can't figure out why they wouldn't commit to a, to a fuel and I'm driving down the road. They can't even commit to the right lane, right? And I'm driving down the road, and then all of a sudden it turns into there's a carpool lane too. And 
my lane starts to slow down. And so here they come and they pass me in the carpool lane. I was like, well, you're just going to slow someone up in that lane too, right? <laughs> but I found that the cares of a car on the way to church could distract my attention from where I was going and from what I was doing. And if something as simple as driving to church, something as simple as someone who's driving, although they are driving stupidly, <laughs> if you come here this morning and you were that driver, I'm sorry, but speed up and pick a, pick a fuel, right? But if something that simple can distract me, what about all these other things in our lives that come hitting us? Like, I had a purpose. Like, I'm going to church. Like, this morning, guess what? I get to preach this morning, you know? Maybe my mind could have been... Like, I even had a, a Christian song playing. Like, I had all the check boxes. As pastor driving to church. I'm praying on my way there. I've got the Christian music playing. Like, I'm blessing people as I go by, but I'm not blessing them the right way, right? Because now I'm complaining and worrying about it, and then I'm thinking about it even as they pass me going by. I was like, well, just because you got another person in the car, you know? <laughs> And we get so distracted with everything going around that we forget that we have a goal and that we have a mission and that we have a purpose. And we can, we can get so off track sometimes by the littlest things that we forget that it's the little things that matter. Right? Now, if that had pulled over, like anybody ever get mad at someone like that and they pull, pull over, it's like I want, sometimes I want to pull them over and say, hey, I need to save your driving because you're a sinner. Like, repent. But it doesn't always get that opportunity. But it makes me get my mind back to say, hey, if that little thing can distract me, what else is distracting me in my life? On the simple little missions I have, and what should our first mission should be is to love God with all our heart, with all our mind, and with all our soul. And then the second one is love our neighbor as ourself. The problem is, is we forget the ourself part, and then we do love our neighbor. Some of us are loving our neighbor like ourselves, and we're not loving either one very good. And sometimes maybe loving that neighbor, like I don't know what was on their mind. Maybe they were going to a hospital to see a loved one who was dying. Maybe they weren't. Maybe they're just stupid. I don't know. But I mean that with love, right? <laughs> they don't know how to drive. They're, they're not stupid. They're ignorant of how to drive, right? But maybe there's something going on. Maybe there, what's going on in their mind? And then we forget about that other person because we're so focused on where we're going and what we're doing. And we'll just run right over people. See, the gospel is not that hard. It, it's pretty easy. I remember... Um, I, my daughter-in-law was, was supposed to have my grandson um, later this month, but decided to do it on Thursday. So they're sending me pictures, and it was a miracle. So, so they woke up in the morning, and, and her placenta had broken, so there was blood everywhere, and the um, umbilical cord had actually wrapped around his neck. And so they, they did an emergency C-section, got him out. He's okay. Everyone's good. But they're sending me pictures of him. One of the pictures they sent me, he had a mustache. I don't know how they got the mustache. I was like, those babies are growing up fast now, right? 
And so, so um, anyway, that's what you get when you're a cowboy family, right? My son's a bull rider, my daughter-in-law's a horse trainer and barrel racer and rides everything. And so they already got him in blankets with buckles on it, you know, belt buckles. <laughs> so like this kid ain't got a chance. Like, like, like forget about learning to ride a bike, he'll be on a horse next week, <laughs> right? So, but they sent me a picture and a video of him and, and like I'm already in love with him because he's so awesome, but he's just looking around. And I was just thinking about how we're born and how we think that this is who we are and this is not who we are. We think our name is who, who we are. Like my name's, like, like I didn't even pick my name. Like I'd have picked, like they should have named me Buck, you know, or Dakota or something more cowboy. It was like, I got James, like I got Jesus' brother's name. I mean, come on, give me a better name, right? But like I didn't even get to pick this name. But that's not who I am. When you say, what's your name? They're asking what my name is. It's something I have, but it's not who I am. Who I am is who I am right down deep inside. I'm a spirit. I have a soul, and I live in this body. This is a tent. It's a great tent. The Bible says this is the temple of the Holy Spirit, right? And that's another thing. Is like we're always looking to build the church, and we think the church is this building. But this is not the church. The church is us. And as we build each other up and build ourselves up, then God will build other people up. And, and the Bible says if we lift him up, he'll draw them in unto him. Right? That's the point, drawing them to him. And so, anyway, but I was watching his face, and I was like, man, I wondered if I did that when I was a kid. I probably had to be looking out. Like, you're born, and you're sitting here looking around like, where am I? Like, literally, who are you? You know, I know you say you're my, my mom, but I was like in this dark place, and then all this trauma happened, and now I'm born. And like, and he's not even scarred by it. Like, he's just the most laid back, like most of us, we go through something. God bursts us through some, and we're like scarred for 10 years. He's not. He's just like, chill. So, like, where am I? Like, I remember being in like, I was like in the, in the, First grade, kindergarten, something like that. My dad was pastoring a church in a little town called Tomahaw, Oklahoma. And we, we were um, in, um, I went to school in Stigler. What a weird name, right? And so, so here I am. Um, I'm a stickler for names. Right? A stickler for names. Ne- never mind, right? But I remember sitting in this class and thinking, and I was like, where am I? What am I doing? And, and now I look back at it and I realize, you know something? That might have been my spirit. That might have been like, hey, who am I really? Am I just this? Or is there something more to me? And so I think so much of the time we get lost in that. And so I want to be focused back, and I, I want to put my focus back on, not on me, but on Jesus. And so in Deuteronomy... Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 11 says this. Now what I am commanding you do, to do, what am I, I am commanding, I haven't been t- talking long, right? I promise I was just drinking Dr. Pepper. <laughs> Might be the problem. Now what I am commanding you today is not too difficult for you or beyond your reach. 
Man, I think about like when God, when I was called to the ministry or called to go plant a cowboy church or called to go pastor here, and God's like, I want you to go do this. And I'm like, well, God, that's impossible. There's no way they'll listen to me. There's no way this will work out or there's, there'll be no way that'll work out. I was like, that's beyond my reach, right? When I was competing at the cold starting challenges, like I wanted to go to the national finals and I was thinking, well, that's way beyond my reach, but I didn't realize in the midst of going to the national finals, I'd have to go to a lot of different competitions to get there, right? And so, so instead of looking at it beyond my reach, God showed me, he's like, hey, instead of looking at it way out here, how about just do it step by step by step by step? That's why they call our faith a walk, right? We're walking, but we're not walking to be finished. We're walking in a finished work, right? God's already been there he's already he's already completed the work in us on the cross 2000 years ago right so like like here's what's real cool when i'm starting a cult we call them green right you know why cuz they don't know nothing right and then we don't we don't consider them finished until we can do something with them like whether it's go rope or whether it's go cut a cow or whether it's just ride without getting bucked off and turned into yard dart <laughs> right so so they're not finished until they're finished, till they're ready. But in God's economy, we're finished from the beginning because it was a completed, finished work 2,000 years ago. So we are complete in Christ Jesus from the get-go. Growing up in Oklahoma, we had rattlesnakes. Anybody ever been to rattlesnakes? And you know what I learned? It was like everybody, no one ever walked outside and said, watch out for the big rattlesnakes. Or a little bitty rattle, baby rattler come up, and they're like, like, oh, it's just a baby. Don't worry about that baby. It won't hurt you. No, those babies are just as poisonous, if not more, than the grown-ups. You know why? Because they let go of every bit of poison they have where uh, an adult is measured. And so don't ever, when you become a baby Christian, if you just accept Jesus, say, oh, I'm just a wimp. I'm just like, I got this junior varsity Jesus and Holy Spirit in me. <laughs> and, and so I've got to like go through this, you know, before God can do anything. No, you got a full punch. Guess what? As we walk with him, we get to learn that measure of, of how to release him around us, right? Sometimes, like, you ever see someone who just gets saved? Like, and they're just all full of zeal. They're like the little baby rattlesnake. They're biting everyone and just give them the full dose, right? There's no, no, no measure to it. But like you see great missionaries like these, what they're, they're going in with wisdom and saying, hey, we're going to do this from a relationship side, and we're going to build a relationship. And, and as we build a relationship, then these people are going to be like, who are you? Why are you here? And then they'll say, hey, this is why I'm here. There's a wisdom in it, Right? But we're not starting. So here, uh, as with horses, we call them green, right? When, it, when, they, when they start, when, it, uh, when we're starting them. But really, yeah, as believers, we're not, we're not green. We start from the finish. We start from the cross. We start from where he's at. We're not reaching to something. We're reaching from something. We're not reaching to be saved. We're reaching because we are saved. And so now we go, like in the Christian world, when we're green, it just means we're ready to go. And we're, it's like the green light at the, at the intersection. It means go. Right? Green's a good thing. Like even nowadays, like I'm sure solar panels and even hybrids, <laughs> electric cars, you know, we'll get to it, right? 
And you know what? There's places where people, I'm sure, aren't even worried about who's driving in a slow lane or if they're driving a hybrid or electric car, right? They don't even have cars. They don't even care. But the point being is we're not trying to get something. We're starting from something. We're starting from a finished work. One of the things that I love is that when the angels come after Jesus' birth, because I'm thinking about this a lot because of my grandson. Like, here he's born. Now, Jesus was born. Like, when we think about Jesus being born of a virgin, and that's a big miracle, but guess what? Adam was born from dirt. And guess what? You, you have God's DNA, and, and you trace all the way back to Adam. So you trace back to dirt. You're a bigger miracle, or that might be a bigger miracle than Jesus coming from a virgin. Nothing's impossible with God. Like now my Jewish family would be arguing which was the greater miracle, Jesus or Adam, you know, because that's what we do, right? And sometimes us Christians do that too, right? But there's nothing that's out of reach for us because we come and we're born from the finished work. So here the angels come and they say, good news, glad tidings. So to, to this day, you guys are rotten sinners and I'm mad at you. And so when you repent, I'll give my son Jesus to you. No, he said, good news, glad tidings to this day. A Savior was born, in, and his name will be what? Jesus, but it's Emmanuel. God with us. Not God mad at us. God with us. The gospel is so much better than what we think because it's about God saving us completely and totally. Not just saving us from hell, but giving us a salvation that, that will, will make our lives here better too. So it's Emmanuel, it's God with us, it's God for us, it's God in us, it's God, God all, like not a God far off. Now I'm going to read this to you because it's going to blow your mind because this is like in the Torah, man. It says this, it's not up in heaven so that you have to ask who will ascend into heaven to get it and proclaim it to us so we may obey it, nor is it beyond the sea so that you have to ask who will cross the sea to get it and proclaim it to us so that we may obey it? Now, thank God for missionaries and people who carry out the gospel and do go far out and do go across seas and stuff, but that's not what he's talking about here. He's saying... What I'm commanding you to do today is not too difficult for you or beyond your reach. It's not up in heaven so that you have to ask who will ascend into heaven to get it and proclaim it to us so we may obey it. Nor is it beyond the sea so that you have to ask who will cross the sea to get it and proclaim it to us and proclaim it to us so we may obey it. No, the word of God is very near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart so that you may obey it. You know what he's saying? He's like, like, I'm not a God who's far off. I'm not a God who's way out in outer space where you're begging me and asking me, hey, would you come, would you come for me? Would you save me? He's like, man, I've already saved you on the cross. Just turn around. That's all you got to do. 
turn around, repent, come to me, and I will make you into a new creation you never dreamed you could have ever been. But the problem is, is we get focused on us, and we get focused on the works, and we get focused on the do after we are saved, and then just like driving to church looking at everyone else, we're, we're looking at everyone else and everything else or how we're driving and how we're reacting and we forget what we're doing. So really what happens is we, we get the works-minded, I got to do this for God to love me. I got to do this to be saved. I got to do this. I got to do this. And God's like, you already are saved. Work from the finished work. Because what we're really doing is we're taking the focus off of him and putting it on us saying, can I make myself good enough for you? And the answer is there's not a chance. The Bible says that our righteousness is as filthy rags. If that's our righteousness, what's the bad stuff? There's there's no hope aside from Jesus and his finished work. But there's more than hope when we rest in his finished work. And then when we rest in his finished work, then the outflow of that's life. The Bible says that we labor to enter his rest, right? It says, see, I sat... Man, that clock's my enemy. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I love time. Okay. You're like, Pastor James, you're you're just going from the the Old Testament. I don't see that in the New Testament. I'm glad you guys said that because I want to read this to you. Brothers, my heart desire and prayer to God for the Israelites is that they may be saved. For I can testify about them that they are zealous for God, but their zeal is not based on knowledge, since they did not know the righteousness that comes from God and sought to establish their own. They did not submit to God's righteousness. What's he saying? They made it difficult to get to Jesus. They made it hard to to live for Jesus because they were focused on themselves. How can I make myself good enough? Well, I need a loophole here. I need a loophole there. And the truth is, they weren't saved anyway, even before the cross, without the sacrifice. None of us were. But when Jesus became that sacrifice, that perfect sacrifice, the focus went off off of us, and the focus went on to him. Now that the focus is on him, now we're free. And whom the Son sets free is free if you're perfect. Whom the sun sets free is free sometimes. Whom the sun sets free is free if you're in America. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. You're free. Whom the sun sets free is free. You're righteous. You're holy. Not because of you, but because of him. And when, when we get, get that realization of who we really are, then we start living like it. Instead of, trying, instead of trying to be it, we realize we are it. Well, I don't say that. Yeah, I don't. Listen, I didn't write this. I'm not that smart. Christ is the end of the law so that there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. No matter where you're at. For everyone who believes. Moses describes it this in this way. The righteousness that is by the law, the man who does these things will live by them. But the righteousness that is by faith says, do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven that, 
that is to bring Christ down. And who will descend in the deep, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and, it, and in your heart. That is the word of faith we are proclaiming. That if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Amen. And then there's a period. It's like, man, it's about a heart thing. It's about believing in your heart. And then when you believe, what you believe in your heart, you're gonna, it's going to come out your mouth anyway. If you want to find out someone loves horses, spend a little bit of time around them. They love motorcycles. Watch, they got these, like, all these funny clothes they wear. They even, like, pretend they have shafts and spurs. What do you need a spur for for a motorcycle? They just want to be cowboys. They ain't brave enough to ride something that bucks, right? Well, those motorcycles can buck too, right? But you want to be around them, what's, what's in their heart? You know what they're talking about? They love the motorcycles, so what are they doing? They're talking about the motorcycles, man. Or the cowboys, they talk about the horses, or, or the mariners, or, or the seahawks, or the bears, or some people even love the Oregon ducks. Can you believe that? <laughs> you know, Lord help them, right? How does that happen, you know? So, but like you can find out what's in someone's heart. Just listen, because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? So I want Jesus to be the forefront of my heart. And I want him to be the focus. And if I keep him there, guess what's going to come out? Jesus. Grace, goodness, love, peace. All that stuff's going to flow out because that's who he is. And that'll change the world around us, right? For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. As the scripture says, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Amen. Amen. So, Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that you're our heart and you're our focus and out of you we live and move and have our being and so we just thank you for that father bless everyone here bless the work of the missionaries and just continue to to just rock this world and give you the praise in jesus name amen thank you for listening if you'd like to learn more about us check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.org